you got a big group, would this be okay? Maintain your social distancing. Other family groups? We'll have to follow along on the screens. We're not uh, putting anything in your hand. Uh, I, have, I get to hold something in my hand, but nobody else is going to touch it unless I suddenly quit and another preacher takes over before the service is over. So I think that'll be fine. Also, for the children's talk today, nobody who registered had kids who were going to come up for the children's talk. We decided that this would be a great time for us to use something that St. Paul de Pere, our uh, sister congregation in St. Paul de Pere, had shared with the churches of the district. It's a little, a very brief puppet show. And 
I mentioned it ahead of time because of the fact that I don't want you to think that we're going to just uh, give up on doing children's talks live. We love doing that, especially when Jason does them. But, uh, and we, we don't want to just sit back and play somebody else's stuff. But today we thought since they had made this special gift available to us, we would avail ourselves of it. God said, call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you will honor me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. St. Peter writes, Clothe yourself with humility toward one another. Because God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your cares on him, for he cares for you. Merciful Father in heaven, look upon us in mercy. For we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. You warned us that the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Despite your warning, we have fallen prey to sin. Forgive us for the sake of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Though you have trials and burdens to bear, you need not carry the burden of your sins, for Christ bore that burden for you, and rose victorious over sin, death, Satan, and hell on Easter morning. By the command of the same Jesus Christ, my Lord, and by his authority, I, a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God to you, and forgive you your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. I will sing of steadfast love and justice to you, O Lord. I will make music. Know that the Lord, he is God, it is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. I will sing of steadfast love and justice. To you, O Lord, I will make music.
of glory, Lord of hosts, uplifted in triumph far above all heavens, leave us not without consolation, but send us the Spirit of truth, whom you promised from the Father. For you live and reign with him and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. This can't be happening. What's going on? Why do you have your head down? I just remembered something, and now I'm worried. What did you remember? I just remembered that my mom and dad bought us really awesome carnal tickets for the summer. We were going to run the bases on the field and even get a free hot dog and soda. That sounds like fun. I know. I was even going to take a friend. Like maybe me? Oh man, now I just blew that surprise. This day just keeps getting worse. Well, when's the game? July. Maybe they'll be playing again by then. What if they aren't? What if they never play this summer? What if I never catch a home run ball? What if I never get to high five Fredbird? I don't really think you need to worry about it just yet. But it's not just that. Everything's different lately. What if it never goes back to the way it was before? I know how you feel. In fact, there are a lot of people who feel like this. But worrying isn't going to change things. Have you prayed about it? Pray about something like this? Yeah. The Bible says to cast all of your worries on Him because He cares for you. I do worry about stuff. Sometimes I even wonder why bad things happen. Bad things are going to happen because there's sin in the world. It's a good thing that we know about the love of Jesus. Jesus takes away all that sin. We are forgiven because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. And we have hope of a life with Him because of His resurrection. I do feel better when I pray. God promises to always be with you. When you tell God all you are worrying about and what you are afraid of, He reminds you that He cares for you enough to give you peace. Thanks for the reminder. I already feel better knowing God is taking care of me. I hope I can remind others about that too. Boys and girls, will you pray with me? Dear Jesus, thank you for your love and taking on all of my worries and fears. Please help me to always put my faith and trust in you. Thank you for the peace that only you can give. In your name I pray. Amen. See you later, boys and girls! The epistle reading this morning is from 1 Peter's 4, 12 through 19. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad and his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the spirit of the glory and of God rests upon you. Let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. Let him glorify God in that name. 
for it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if the righteous is scarcely saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resisting, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little, a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be dominion forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 17th chapter. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, so that the Son may glorify you. Since you have given him authority over all flesh, to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. I've manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you. For I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them, and have come to know in truth that I came from you. And they have believed that you sent me. I am praying for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. And I'm no longer in the world, but they are in the world. And I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, since you have given them to me, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord. 
words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Eight weeks. One-sixth of a year. It's how long it's been since I've seen most of you face to face. And I didn't see most of your face at all when you first came through the door because almost every one of you was wearing a mask. And I kind of thank you for that because of the fact that together we're watching out for one another. How you been? I've been lonely. That's how I've been. It's good to see you again. I read someplace that the catacombs down in Rome, I've never been, but I've read someplace that the catacombs down in Rome where the Christians would gather to bury their dead. Some people said they held other church services down there as well, although that's highly contentious. We don't know if they did or not. None of us was there, not even Joanne. But it's been, you know, what I had to pick on her. She's here. Anyway, the point is they did go down there and hold services at least for funerals. And the walls are adorned with images that are scratched into the wall and chiseled into the wall and painted on the wall. The most common themes that are down there in the catacombs are, well, these two. One of them is Noah and the Ark. And the other one is the three men in the fiery furnace. Although, of course, it's always the four men in the fiery furnace. Makes really good sense that a persecuted church, especially at the time of the funeral of a loved one, would go to those images. Images of Though the world itself was in chaos, though the world was indeed destroyed, God had a plan to save Noah and his family, and it worked exactly as he planned. That's a really good thing to know at a time like that, at a time like this as well. And just a couple of weeks ago, Peter used that image of Noah and the ark to talk about our baptism and how baptism now saves us. Well, the other image down there is the three men who were thrown into the fiery furnace. The furnace was so deadly hot that it killed those who were tending it. But the three men were thrown into the fiery furnace, and they were joined there by Jesus. He not only brought them safely through the flame, we're told he even joined them in singing a hymn. Well, Peter tells us in our epistle lesson for today that the fiery times have come upon us, or at least upon those that he was writing to. And we can't help but think about the fact that he started his epistle by talking about how we are tested by fire. Like the fire that is used to purify gold. Here's 1 Peter 1, verses 3 to 9. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth, a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead into an inheritance that can never perish, 
spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible, glorious joy, for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. When we suffer here in this world, we still have joy. When we say goodbye to the person that we love, when someone we love has been taken from us, we can still have joy. But we know it's a joy that hurts. We know that it's a joy that's mixed with sadness. It can be mixed with trepidation and fear and anger and all kinds of different things, but the joy is still there. When Jesus comes, pure joy. All of the sadness, all of the fear, all of the anxiety about, was, is it really true? Will it really happen? All of that is gone. And even now, we are triply blessed. We believe in Jesus. We've already received salvation. And our text today tells us that the spirit of glory and of God rests upon us. Now you might think, these people didn't go to grammar school. How can the spirit of glory and of God rests upon us be proper grammar? Wouldn't that be two spirits? Wouldn't it be the spirit of glory and of God rest upon us? No. It's one spirit. The spirit of glory is the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. And so what you have is Jesus has redeemed you, the Father has favored you, and the Holy Spirit, the spirit of glory and of God, rests upon you. And therefore, Peter tells us firmly, tenderly, cast all your care upon God. He cares for you. Instead of letting your burdens weigh down your heart, let God carry it. Every anxiety, problems you admit to friends and those you keep to yourself. Troubles you address on social media and those so vague, you can't even identify them. Give it all to God. Luther, who knew quite a bit about suffering and being persecuted, condemned to death for the faith and, and all nine yards, Luther himself said this about this text. When you take your burden from yourself and give it to God, 
Feel free to put it this way. Heavenly Father, you created me. You say you love me. I don't like the way things are going right now. God will say to you, don't you have something to do? Go and carry out the work that I have given you. Let me care for you. Don't let things that you can't change weigh you down. As much as in you lies, stay fleet of foot, healthy in body and soul, safe among those whom God has given to travel alongside you. It's important that you stay in this good spiritual shape because someone diabolical is trying to separate you from the body of Christ. The hope, the joy, and the inheritance which are yours. Satan knows that he can use the griefs and the, the suffering of this world, the annoyances of this world, and he can use them in several ways. The guy has an enormous palette from which to paint from. If you're someone who is weighed down by worry, you better believe he can use that. Oh, but if it's you're somebody who says, no, I'm going to fight him with grit and might and main, well, he can use that as well. And if you're somebody who thinks that you've already won the victory, boy, he can use that. He can use it all. If you are so anxious that all you see is the misery before you, Satan has cut you out of the herd and seen you as prey. You heard what Mike said. He hunts like a lion. Like any predator. It doesn't have to be a lion. My wife and I watched a show on PBS the other night about birds that prey on, on each other, especially on little, cute little fuzzy penguins. Brown and ugly little penguin babies. But what they do is they look for the one that is not moving as fast or is just a little too adventurous and gets out away from the rest. That is easy lunch. But let's say that you're not that foolish, that you don't separate yourself from the people of God, that you stay in the word of God, and that you see yourself defeating Satan. Well, he can use that hubris against you, that boastfulness. All humility before God goes out the window. And not only that, hey, you know, as you know, I'm, a, I'm from Vegas. I understand how con men separate you from your living and your livelihood. And here's the way they do it. What they do very often is if you show a little bit of gumption, they'll let you win the first couple. Doesn't matter what the game is, they'll let you win the first couple to get you to be overly confident. They may even flatter you in the meantime by letting you hear how you are just defeating them. They, they didn't know what they were up against. And then comes the kill, leaving you with nothing. Well, where do you think they learned that? They learned it from the oldest con man in the universe. The one who 
started his interaction with human beings by lying. The father of lies. Satan can use our overconfidence, he can use flattery, he can use our misery, all of it, to lure us back to his kingdom. I know people have said recently, boy, it feels like all society is going to hell in a handbasket. And I assure you, if Satan could lure or scare an entire society off a cliff and away from God, he would take that opportunity gladly. And maybe he's doing that. I don't know. But I also know that it doesn't have to be a whole society at once that he takes down. He is gleeful over every Christian soul who had been safely gathered to the Father, wrested out of Satan's kingdom, and now Satan can go back and claim him once again as his own. I mentioned that he takes aim at individuals scanning and accessing, accessing the, the, the herd for easy prey. But Peter is, or was, living testimony that now and then he would set his sights on a special challenge, a real prize. We all remember how he tried tempting, well, he did tempt Jesus in the wilderness. But Peter has personal knowledge of how effectively Satan can work. How swiftly fear could, pardon the pun, sink him. How his ego could take him in the space of a single breath from, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, Flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven to get behind me, Satan. And I'm sure he well remembered how the random questions of a powerless servant girl could terrify him into denying his Lord. Jesus warned him that Satan had requested permission to sift him like wheat. I'm sure that before Holy Week was over, Peter believed every syllable of that statement. But I hope he also remembered that Jesus said, but I am praying for you. Back to Brother Luther. In his commentary on this, in his sermon on this text, he said, Therefore, Peter, acting as a true apostle of Christ, knowing the true character of the devil, knowing who he is and what he intends, warns us to be on our guard. If now your adversary of the devil were far from you and would leave you alone, that would be fine, but he is not. A thousand miles away, he is over your shoulder as close as he could be. Luther said, don't think of him as reclining on the couch and maybe uh, drifting off till you hear his snoring and you know you're safe. He's a prowling lion 
always on the move. He pays special attention to you, Luther says, not because he wants to have fun and games with you or see what you're doing, but irritated and furious, furious is he, hungrier than a starving wolf or a lion, seeking to satisfy that hunger, not by stealing from what you have, or landing a good punch, or opening a painful wound. He has come not to defeat, but to devour you. to steal you from grace, to kidnap you from your father's home and your assured inheritance. This is your adversary. These are his plans. But the father of grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. So resist the call of the adversary and keep doing good. God will take care of the rest. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding Keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen. Please stand. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. God, our Father in heaven, we thank and praise you for sending your Son to be our Savior. O oh God, our Lord Jesus Christ, 
We thank and praise you for glorifying your Father by completing the work he gave you to do. O God, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, we thank and praise you for making known to us both the Father and our Lord Jesus. From temptations, is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful? Who will all our sorrow share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. O most merciful God, when we encounter trials and temptations, send us your comfort and strength that we might bear them. We especially pray for all who are ailing, grieving, or recovering from surgery among us. Comfort them in their suffering and restore them to health of mind and body, that they might serve their neighbor and give glory to you. We place into your loving hands all who have, been, who have endured losses due to the pandemic and the attendant economic shutdown asking that their trust in you never waver and that their needs may be met through the abundance you have given to others. And gracious God, though your Son Jesus Christ came to bring us your heavenly peace, violence and conflict have long raged on earth. Accept our thanks for those who have served in the armed forces of our country, thinking especially this day of those who did not return from such service. Give us grace this Memorial Day weekend that we may honor the gift of liberty and be good citizens and neighbors to all. Comfort with a load of care, precious Savior, still a refuge. Take it to the Lord in your friends despise, forsake you, take it to the Lord in prayer, he'll take and shield you, you will find a solace there. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray trusting in your mercy for the sake of Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Please be seated.
as you're being ushered out, I want to share a, an insight that came, uh, well, Richard Zimmerman's the one who shared it, uh, Witt Sanders and, and Donna Stokes, who are in charge of, uh, you know, keeping everybody safe where they work and such. They, they both uh, applauded it as well. The comparison was very, very simple. As we try to keep from the virus, they said, use the same the same techniques as are used when you get an x-ray or when you would face any radiation. They try to keep the exposure as short as possible, right? They put a barrier between you and anything they don't want to be irradiated, right? And they also step out of the room, you know? So they put distance between themselves and, and you. And so, whether this is something you're wholeheartedly uh, embracing or something that you're just doing for the sake of others, thank you for cooperating with us today. And we're going to continue to do registration this way for a little while. I know that this isn't the time for announcements, but since we have three-fifths of the uh, confirmation class here in this service, uh, let, me, let me tell you that what we're doing with confirmation is we are going to try to hold confirmation the Sunday after school is scheduled to start again. Okay, school is scheduled to start August 19th, and the following Sunday we hope to have confirmation.